and the star shone and the magi began to follow this star in the same way the magi were following the star god is calling you this year your star is rising up and he's calling you to follow it so i don't know who that's for but there's something that god has deposited inside of you and you've been waiting on it and this year it's coming i feel that so anyways we spent some time on the navajo nation just changing the lives of people god was changing the lives of people my favorite ministry is prayer ministry just getting to know people getting to know their their brokenness getting to know their hurt the truth of who that they really are we met a lady named cecilia and cecilia lived a life of extreme abuse it started when she was six years old she was being abused and her family didn't do anything about it when she told her mom her mom said honey all navajo women go through something like that and so as you could expect growing up cecilia held on to that bitterness she held on to that anger but the lord but the lord but the lord taught cecilia how to forgive this past year we began counseling with her praying with her and in september we had a women's conference that your church so graciously gave to thank you so much for your financial faithfulness to us so in september we had a women's conference and I was praying and I said, Lord, I really, I don't want to do all of the speaking. I'm not here to lead everything. I'm here to raise up leaders. And he said, ask Cecilia to speak. And it was through that faithfulness and that forgiveness that she found. She stood up and she testified of how to forgive other people. And I'm telling you, look, I can talk to Navajo women. But they just look at me like I'm just, who are you? What are you saying? But when Cecilia stood up and spoke, she had everybody's attention. Because she was a Navajo woman. And she had been through what they had been through. And she could relate to how it felt to be a Navajo who was abused. And, and, and then it was just pushed back and kept hidden and in secrecy. But she testified of how to forgive abusers. And everybody wanted to be in her group. Everybody wanted to be in Cecilia's group. But I just say that to share a little piece of how the Lord has been using us on the reservation. We met a lady named Marita. And Marita had been abused her whole life. Marita's children's father was murdered by, by her daughter's boyfriend. And, and it was through just prayer and ministry and deliverance. Marita came to our women's conference. She received deliverance. She had kidney disease. And the yellows in her, her eyes were yellow. She received deliverance. And through the power of God, the next day when I saw Marita, her eyes were white. And she looked three shades lighter in color because the Lord healed her. And so we love people we love broken people and I just want you to know that God is moving in the world God is moving in the world and when we allow him to use us he will move through you he doesn't pick special people I don't have a Christian ministry degree 
I just get down and pray and read my Bible and do what it says in faith without doubt. Come on. James says if we ask for something and we doubt, why do we even expect to receive it? So you can do it too. Hold on to those things God has given you and don't let go. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to be a spiritual paramedic. You just hold on to that and you listen to his voice. You read his word and you obey it. And go with God. So we want to thank you guys. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your generosity. Please know that we love you and we appreciate all that you've done. We really do. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The Lord is good, and we give Him praise today for what He's doing. We give Him praise for what He's done this past year, but we give Him praise for what He's going to do this coming year. Amen. We believe that the best is yet to come. As long as there is breath in our body, there is an availability we have to be an agent that God uses on the face of this earth to bring hope to a hopeless world. And all of us have breath here today. Amen. We have breath today that the Lord can use us to be the agent that He wants. To be a messengers of hope that this world is so desperately in need of. Listen, I'm not good at um, important stuff sometimes, okay? That's why I leave that to her. But as I, I was really thinking about Pastor R.C. and Real Life Church and what you mean to all my family and I, I want to thank you personally for all that you've done for us and all that you're doing for us. I want to thank you for your prayers. I want to thank you for your financial support because it means a lot. You know, it means a lot to be across America and know that somebody's praying for you. It means a lot to be on the reservation where everybody looks differently than you, talks differently than you, but yet you know people are praying for you. And so I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for praying for Erica and I and our children. It means a lot to me to know that this church has been praying for us. But when I thought about your faithfulness, I was reading just week before last in Philippians. And a passage of scripture that I think we quote a lot, where Paul talks to the church at Philippi, and he's talking about their faithfulness and giving and how God will supply all of their needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And he will supply all of our needs. But it amazed me as I really began to just take a moment and read. You know, context is important. And um, I just want to read just a little bit of chapter 4 before I get started in our message today. In verse 15, Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, and, and you yourselves also know, Philippians, that the first preaching of the gospel after I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for our needs. Real life. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. You see, as we're a blessing to others, we're blessed. Because we come to know the blesser even more. As we obey, we become people who Find Him even more as we walk in obedience, even through our giving. Paul said, but I have received everything in full, 
and have an abundance, an amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And I just echo what Paul said in that next verse, and he says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You see, as we put the kingdom first, the king's going to see that all our needs are met. He says, my God will supply all your needs because you've been obedient. You've been obedient to obey the Lord. You've been obedient to do what the Lord has called you and told you and entrusted with you to do. And so I'm just here today to say thank you, first and foremost, for what you've done for us financially, prayerfully. It means so much to us. And as a result of that, I just want to encourage you to keep, keep being people of obedience. Keep being people of obedience to give to us, to give to our other missionaries as you already are supporting. As you are seeing the gospel go to the ends of the earth through your giving, God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. May we continue to be people of obedience. And as we're people of obedience, we'll see Him do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think or imagine in us. You see, He wants to do it in us. But in order to do it through us, it must first happen in us. You see, He wants to do something in you in order to get something through you. But in order for Him to do something in us, it takes us to obey. It takes us to give up. It takes us to sacrifice in order to see God do something through our lives that only He can do. But we know to obey... It's better than to sacrifice. So may we be people of obedience. Thank you, Real Life Church, for being a church of obedience. Thank you, Pastor R.C., for your friendship, for your love, for your commitment to being who God's called you to be. It means a lot to us. Thank you for that. And I'm just so excited today because in the same ways we've seen God move in our life, I believe with all my heart that God is still moving today. He's still moving around this world. He's still moving on the Navajo Nation, but He's still moving in Greenwood, South Carolina. You see, there's nothing more special about the Navajo people than there are about the cultures of Greenwood, South Carolina. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. It doesn't matter their color. It doesn't matter where they came from. It doesn't matter where they transplanted from. I'm still believing today that people are on the mind of God. I'm still believing today that people are on the heart of God. And I believe today whether you were born and raised in Greenwood, South Carolina, or you have been transplanted here, that God has placed you here for such a time as this. Listen, I believe with all my heart that we have breath in our body. You are born in this generation for a divine reason, for a divine purpose, because God is wanting to raise you up as an agency that He can use to get His glory inside of this earth. I'm still believing today that Jesus is alive and well. And He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But you see, Jesus is still on this earth today. Because He's still the head of the church. And you and I are a part of the church. And Jesus is still giving orders through the Holy Spirit to the agency of man. So that the will of God can still be established on the face of this earth today. 
I believe with all my heart today that the kingdom of God is still able to impact Greenwood, South Carolina. I believe with all my heart today that the power of the gospel has not changed today. That people in Greenwood, South Carolina can be saved and set free by the hands of Jesus. Some of you today are sitting here today because you're a product of what Jesus has done in your life. You're a product that Jesus has saved you, bought you with His blood, and set you free from the things you used to be bound to. And if you're here today and you haven't been set free, I'm here to tell you, to tell you today that I know the deliverer that still sets free. There's nobody too lost that can't be found. There's nobody too broken today that can't be healed. There's no addictions too great that the hand of Jesus cannot break. And so I believe with all my heart today that God is raising up His church for such a time as this. And I believe that God has called Erica and myself just to go. And as we go to entrust other believers with the responsibility that God has called us all to go. God's called you to go to your workplace. God's called you to go to the grocery store. God's called you to go somewhere and be a light in somebody's darkness. Oh my God, where would you be today if somebody did not be obedient to the Lord? My God, where would I be today if somebody in my family was not obedient to Jesus? If my grandmother did not step up? If that preacher did not receive the call to preach and obey and speak that word to me? You see, God's just looking for an availability. He's just looking for a vessel that will say, here I am. You don't have to sound good. You don't have to look good. All you got to know is that He is good. And He will do that good through you that only He can do. And so I'm excited today for what the Lord has in store for Real Life Church. I'm excited today because God is still releasing His glory in this earth. And the way He releases His glory inside of the earth is through the temple. And you and I are temples of the Holy Ghost that the glory of God is wanting to feel so greatly that we can't contain it. But everywhere we go, we begin to testify, Hey, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. Let me tell you how I tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Amen. You see, nobody can take away what you know. Nobody can take away what you know. You see, we can experience so much in this world and we get so focused on what the media says and what's true and what's not true, what's going to happen next year in our, our lives. But nobody can take away what you know today. Nobody can take away who the Lord is to you. Nobody can take away what Jesus has done in your life. Why? Because you know what Jesus has done in your life. And maybe you're sitting here today and you hear about Jesus and you hear people talk about what the Lord has done for them. But I'm here to tell you today He'll do it for you too if you haven't received it. Because He's faithful. And so I want, I want you to recall today is what you know and who you know the Lord to be. Because I believe with all my heart, in the midst of not knowing so much, we must live based upon what we know. We must live based upon what we truly know deep within our hearts. We must live out what we know. I want to share a little bit as we look in 1 John chapter 3. I just want to read one verse. You know, we all... No, John 3, 16 backwards. 
I want to read 1 John 3.16. Because I believe that it paints a good picture of what we know. And how we need to live out what we know. And we need to live according to what we know. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. John says, and we know love. We know love. He's talking about love here. We know love. He says, by this. How do we know love? How do we know what love is? John is answering that question. How we know what love is. How we know what true love is. He says, we know love by this. That He, meaning Jesus, laid down His life for us. That He, Jesus, laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. John is writing to the church and he's trying to recall in the church how they know Christ's love. How they truly know Christ's love. And as a result of them knowing Christ's love, he's then in charging them with the responsibility to love one another. He's trying to recall in the minds of believers what love looks like, what love tastes like, what love truly is. You know, a lot of times we use the word love so loosely. I can remember when Eric and I first started dating, and we were like telling each other goodbye after a date in high school. And she said, I love you. And I was like, what? I mean, we'd only been dating a week, you know. She said, I love, and she didn't even mean to say it. She used it so loosely that she loved me. You know, when we tell people we love you, we tell brothers and the Lord, brothers and sisters we see at church, we love you. We tell people we love you. But listen, how do you know if someone really loves you? Who in your life really loves you? How do you know that person loves you? Because that person showed you. Right? I mean, there's some kind of act that you were recalling in your mind that this person did that showed you love. This love was not just words that somebody said. It wasn't words that someone told you. It was something that you experienced. That man, when you were broke down on the side of the road, that your brother at church that didn't just say he loved you, but he showed up and he come through. That you were out there on the reservation and yet Pastor R.C., Shows He loves you by sending you some money. By praying for us. By standing with You see, love is not just words or feelings or emotions. It starts and it begins with this feeling, but it wells up inside of us that it expresses itself through what we do. Because we love, we do something about it. Because we love somebody, we don't just tell them we love them, we show them love. Anybody you truly love, you don't want them, you don't want to just tell your wife you love her. But if you really want her to know you love her, you're going to show them. Love is seen. And John is recalling in the minds of believers hey, we know that God loves us. We know that Jesus loves us. How do we know that 
what love is? He laid down His life for us. He's saying, recall in your minds when Jesus went to the cross. Recall in your minds when you were broken and hurting and harassed and helpless. But there was a good shepherd that come and showed up in your life. And he said, my sheep know my voice. And he began to pick you up on his shoulders when you were lost and broken and you found hope. You see, that's how we know what love is. When we were in the pit and we needed to get out, but yet He showed up in our hopeless situation and He brought us out. You see, it's when we had a fresh encounter with what the cross truly means even today. You know, we can talk about Christmas and we we talk about all these celebrations of Christmas, but the experience of Christmas is still being experienced today. Because Jesus is still alive and well. And He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And everything that we celebrate Christ coming for, He's still here today. And He's still wanting us to receive and find it today. When John writes and he says, we know love. You see, this know is not some kind of intellectual head knowledge. This knowledge that... John is writing of, when you look at the other references of this word in the Greek, this love is an experience. This knowledge is to experience this love. It's to deeply, intimately experience this love. It's the same word that was used when when Mary, when the angel comes and, and says that you're going to be pregnant with the Savior of the world. And she said, how can this be? I have not known a man that she hadn't experienced a man that intimately that she hadn't had this experience it is the same word that's used in Genesis chapter 4 when when Adam knew his wife it's this intimacy it's this intimate knowledge and if there's anything that the Lord wants you and I to know it is to know that he loves us today He wants us to know His love. He wants to know how much He truly loves us. And how do you know that Jesus loves you today? It's because He went to the cross for you. It's because He took the penalty for your sins on the cross when you deserved death, but yet He showed up and He bore our sins in His body on the cross that we might die to sins and live to righteousness. And Peter goes on to write there and he says, By His wounds you were healed. Listen, there is still healing in the cross of Calvary today. There is still healing that our sins can be washed under the blood today. Listen, if you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus, I want you to know today that there is a Savior today that can show up and heal your broken heart. You see, and the reason you have a broken heart is because your sin has not been washed away. And if your sin has been washed away and your heart's still broken, He's still able to mend that broken heart. He's still able to set you free today because the reality of the cross today is still having effect today that we need it to. And He still wants us to know this love. 
You see, He don't want you just to hear Pastor R.C. preach of the power of the cross and to preach of the love of the cross. I want you to know today that the power of the cross has not lost its power today. That the blood of Jesus today still has the power to heal physical healings. Still has the power to set us free from the power of demonic spirits in our life. He still has the power to set us free even today. But you see, He not only wants you to know it, but He wants you to experience it. He wants you to experience His power today. And He wants you to live out of this power that He still has and is still displaying through His church even today. If we go back even the first Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, we see how the shepherds come to know the Savior had been born. They come to know that the Savior of the world had been born. In Luke chapter 2, verse 15. It says, And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. Let us go straight and see this thing which the Lord has made known to us. You see, first the message was proclaimed to them through the messenger of the angel. First they had to receive this word. First this word had to be spoken to them. But in order for them to receive the reality of this Word, they had to believe this Word. They had to believe the Word that was spoken, that the angels come to give. And so as they began not only to receive it, but began began to believe it, we see that they then saw this Word become a reality. You see, it's not enough just to hear God's Word, but we must believe. We must believe what God's Word says. We must believe that the Word of the Lord is the ultimate authority for our lives. Not upon what we've experienced yesterday. Not upon what the doctors say. Not upon what the world or our government says. We must believe today what the Word of the Lord says to us today in order to see God's Word become a reality. You see, we want to see the Word come to pass. But in order to see the Word come to pass, we must walk in faith believing for His Word to come to pass. You see, the shepherds acted upon what the Word was. And as Erica said, some of you are waiting for your star to come up. You see, don't give up. Don't stop waiting on what God has promised you. Just as the angels tell the shepherds here of what they're going to see and what they're going to encounter, they didn't give up, but they actively pursued the Word that the Lord gave them. The word that the Lord had made known to them. Some of you today are sitting here and you've received a word from God. Listen here, I believe with all my heart God wants to remind you the same God who promised it is the same God who's going to bring it to pass. The same God who told you maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, some things you've been holding on to and hoping for, some things you've been crying out, I cried unto the Lord. And He heard me. He answered me. Listen, I believe with all my heart, don't give up short of your word coming to pass today. 
Why? Because God wants you to experience it today. He don't want you just to receive it, but He's not a man that He should lie. And He wants to bring His Word to pass today. Some of you have been given prophetic words over your life that God's going to use you in a way. Listen, don't believe any lie less than what God has said about you. Why? Because He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And He does that through a lie. We must be careful what we believe. Because what we believe determines what we live. And if you believe the lies of other people, maybe even inside of the church sometimes, or maybe even outside of the church, maybe the family members in your life have spoken some things over you that yet you need to come against and come out of agreement with because it contradicts the Word of the Lord upon your life. You'll never walk into the promise of God believing the lies of the enemy and other people. But if God gave you a word today, I'm here to remind you to stand upon the word. Because He wants you to experience it. He wants you to be able to say, this is what God promised me. You see, it took Abraham a long time, but he didn't give up believing. He didn't give up expecting. He expected God's word to come to pass, and God is not a man that he should lie. And so I'm here to remind you today, don't stop believing for what God has told you to come to pass. In the same way that the shepherds pursued it, they hadn't seen it before. They didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, but the angels gave them a glimpse. Listen, some of you have received prophetic words over your life. And yet you hadn't seen it yet. But God's going to bring it to pass. God's going to bring it to pass. Don't give up. Because He wants you to know He loves you. He wants you to know how valuable you are. Listen, I, I'm here to... The words of people can beat us up. Can I be transparent with you? The words of people can beat us up. The words of the enemy can beat us up. But as I was spending some time with the Lord even yesterday, He said, you're not a failure. You're my son. See, the enemy can tell us one thing. If we're not careful, we can let it sit in and sink in. None of us are excluded from it. But when we live out that, hey, we're a son, and our Father wants to show us His love, and He wants to describe how valuable we are to Him. Listen, you're valuable here today. You know how you can know? I want to take you back to the cross. It's a display of how valuable you are. Maybe boyfriends haven't valued you. Maybe even some husbands haven't valued you. But I want you to know today you're valued. Go back to the cross. When you were saved, you bled and died for you. When he said, I'll show you how much I love you. How do we know? Christ Jesus laid down His life for us. How do you know how loved you are? He took your pain. He took your sadness. He took your loneliness. He took your sickness. 1 John 3.16 says, We know that He loves us because He laid it down. He laid down His life so that we could know He loves us. Listen, I want you to know today He loves you. 
But you see, maybe you're sitting here today and you're waiting on that love to be experienced. You see, He don't want you just to hear of the cross, but He wants us to experience it so that we can truly know. So that we can truly know. You see, nobody can take away my encounter with Jesus. Nobody can take away when the Lord has touched me. Nobody can take away when the Lord has wrapped His arms around me and He showed me how valuable I was and He showed me how much I was loved. And He takes and He crosses away our past and the words that we even used to believe about ourselves and our past. He wants to show up in your life today and bring the reality of Christmas to your life today. That Christmas is not a thing of the past, but Christmas is still alive and well today because Christ is still relevant for us today. You see, because His love is still being displayed even through this Christmas season. Verse 16 of chapter 2, I want to continue. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as He lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. You see, their word had come to pass. They finally laid eyes upon what they had wanted to see. Upon what God had told them would happen through the angels. They finally laid eyes on it. In verse 18, And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. All who heard it. Not just Mary and Joseph. All who heard it wondered. They were amazed because what God had promised had come to pass. Listen, people, won't, people are going to be amazed at your testimony. Because it's your testimony of what God's Word says today. You see, because what God's Word says today is true for us today that can be experienced. Because the Word of God today is not dead but alive. Is sharper than any double-edged sword. And God's Word today is alive even in the affairs of our life so that we can experience it. And once we experience it, then God's Word becomes a reality through our life that other people will be amazed because it's only the hand of God that changes somebody's life. And it's God's Word becoming a reality. That He makes all things new. He turns us into a new creation in Christ. He erases our past. The old is gone and the new has come. That's just like our friend Marita there on the reservation as she's selling her body and sleeping around and using drugs. But yet she begins to tell her neighbors of a man named Jesus that changes her life. She begins to tell her neighbors, hey, let me tell you why I quit doing dope. Because Jesus touched me at that women's conference. You see, when Jesus gets a hold of you, other people will be amazed by what the hand of God can do for you in your life. Listen, I know a pastor friend of mine who used to deal with drugs right and something happened and God touched him and as God touched him God transformed his life because the reality of the cross today is still in the business of saving man's soul and set man free because God's word is true today he don't want you just to hear what I'm saying but he wants you to experience it today you see his love is still being poured out today just as it was upon Calvary 
Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates. It's not in past tense, it's in present tense. He's still demonstrating the love of the cross today because the blood is still flowing to wash your sins away. The blood has not dried up because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Listen, His blood is not dried up today to touch any sinner and cleanse them into a saint. It is still the power of God that brings salvation to all who will believe. The question is, will you believe it today? And when you believe it, you'll begin to find His Word to come to pass. Because you'll receive it. As the shepherds go back, in verse 20 it says, And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. Listen here. I believe God in His Word today. Just as it had been told them. I believe that God's Word is true today. I believe that God is who He says He is and He changes not. Don't give up believing what the Word of God says today. Close out the voices of other people in your life that contradict the voice of God because God today wants you to believe what His Word says so that you can experience what His Word says so that you can know Him today. You see, nobody can take away what you know. No matter what you face in this life, the persecution that comes, the hardships that come, nobody can take away this intimate relationship that you know that Jesus loves you. Regardless of what you face, just as Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, even in hardship, famine, distress, nakedness, demons, principalities, things present or things to come. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us because we know this love to be true. It's no sweeter love than we found than the love of Jesus. The power of the cross is still relevant today. That we may experience it. And we may live out this experience that we find in the cross. John says, this is how you know. This is how you know. You see, the apostles lived out what they knew. God is looking for a people today that will live out of this love relationship with God. How is Greenwood going to be changed? God's not waiting for a John the Baptist. He's just looking for somebody who will be obedient. He's looking for somebody that will fall in love with Him. Listen, it could be a drug addict today that God's getting ready to touch and set free that God's going to set them on fire to reach Greenwood County. You see, God's not looking for somebody special. He's looking for somebody available. You see, and how's God going to touch Greenwood? Because He's first going to touch somebody. You see, we love. How do we love? Why do we love? Because He first loved us. You see, we can't even love other people and we can't even love the Lord back until we first taste and see, man, that the Lord loves us. And the Lord loved me when I was messed up and I was broken and I was looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. But yet Jesus showed up and I found His love to be true that the love of this world could not fulfill. And then we begin to live out of this love. And we begin to fall back in love with Jesus. 
Because we realize that He first loved us. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're not feeling all this love junk I'm talking about. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I want you to get back to the cross. Get back to the first time you encountered the cross. Get back to the first time where you remember Jesus touched you. Get back to that old altar, maybe when you were 10 years old and you felt Jesus touch you. Maybe that time when you were younger, or maybe it was last year. Get back to that place where you recall that Jesus truly touched you. Begin to fall in love with Jesus once again and begin to love Him back because He first loved you. May we be people who live out of this love that we have for Him. May this love, the love of Christ, truly transform us. And then may we reciprocate this love to others. John says in 1 John 3, he says, See what great love that the Father has lavished upon us. That we should be called His children. Listen, he didn't say, Hear, hear what great love the Father. No. No, there is something tangible. There is something evident about the love of God that you can see the power of the cross at work in Pastor R.C.'s life. You can see the power of the cross at work in your life because it's only the power of the love of God that changed you from who you used to be. Oh man, go back to who you used to be. Go back to how you feel. But go back today and say, you know what? It is the power of the love of God that done it in my life today. And I know the power of the love of God that can do it in somebody else's life. Amen? Oh my God, if we could just fall in love with Jesus and we can say, God, you've loved me so much. Now I want to love my brother as myself, my neighbor as myself. Listen, may love not just be something we talk about, but it may it be something we begin to live because Jesus first lived it for us. He gave up. You see, love is costly. Love gives up. Love sacrifices. Love gives up His home in glory. And He comes to humble Himself and become obedient unto death, even death on a cross. You see, He showed what love looked like. It was tangible. Oh my God, today, I believe today that God is calling His church to be an army of love today. An army of love that will love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all of our strength. Oh my gracious, I believe the Lord is causing us to stand up today and be people of love. But we'll also love our neighbor. As ourself. John says, You also ought to lay down your life for your brother, for your brother, for your sister. Matter of fact, even those people who are shooting up right now. He said, You ought to lay down your life for the ones that are out there sleeping around today. Some people would call a whore. He said, But I laid down my life for them and I showed my love for them. Oh, I demonstrated it. While they were yet sinners, while you and I were yet sinners, yet Christ died for us. It wasn't when we had it all together. It wasn't when we come in and put a suit and tie on. Oh no, but when we was out there broken, distressed, messed up, 
Seemed like everybody else had give up on us. Oh my God, but God was for us. Who could be against us? God showed us that He was for us. And He began to reach down and touch us and pour out His love in our life so that He could raise us up to be filled with love so that we may go out and share this love with a world that's in need. We must be people who love the body. Love one another. Love the church. Jesus constantly talks about love. He says in John 13, He says, A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. He sets the standard of how we are to love. Not based upon how you feel or the way you think you should love. No, He tells you to love your enemies. Do good to those who harm you. Love. He said, by this, all men will know that you follow me. You're my disciple if you have love. If you, the Greek word is agapao. You see, we talk about agape, this godly feeling love, but agapao is the verb. It means because you found this agape. Man, you found this, aga, uh, this godly love, you're going to do something about it. See, talk is cheap. That's why the martyrs went to the cross, bold alive, because they found Jesus loved them. Oh my God, and I'm going to love you back with all my heart. And I'm going to love the world that you've called me to love. God is calling His church to be people of love today. To stand up and live in love. He's raising up an army of love today. He echoes it again in John 15. He tells His disciples there. And He tells them to love one another. Love one another. My commandment is this, that you love one another. He says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down His life for the brother, for one's brother. See, we can talk about it here today. We can talk about it here today, but Jesus didn't talk about it. He done it. Some of you sitting here today, you need a fresh encounter with the cross. Some of you here today, you need a fresh encounter of the love of God in your life. That it needs to be more than words that I'm talking to you about today. It needs to be more than Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Listen, I, I want you to know that it goes a step further than that. That once you begin to believe, the Bible tells me so. That then you can begin to find that it's real. You can begin to experience, oh, it's not just because the Bible says it, but He really loves me. It's not just because of what that preacher said, but He really loves me. And so as we're sitting here this morning, regardless of what your life looks like, regardless of the times you've messed up, regardless of how dark your past is or how dark your life currently is, listen, some of you are living a secret life here today. Everybody sees one thing on the outside. But yet God knows your heart. And 
I say that today not out of condemnation, but out of conviction. You see, God wants to draw you closer to Himself. And He wants you to experience the cross. He wants you to experience how much you're loved today. He wants you to experience how much you're valued today. And so as you're sitting here today, maybe you need a fresh encounter with the cross today. You need a fresh encounter of Jesus' love for you. That He demonstrated it by laying down His life for you. And if that's you, I want you to come today. Can we stand? If that's you here today and you say, you know what? I want a fresh encounter of the love of God. I want to know He loves me. I want to know that Jesus truly loves me. And I want a fresh touch from the love of God today. I want a fresh touch today that I can truly know that Jesus loves me. Because it's not just a story from a baby lying in a manger or a Savior dying on the tree. But it's still today that He's demonstrating it for you and for me. So if you're here today and you need a fresh touch of the love of God, I want you to come when I pray. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, you said in your word that we love because you first loved us. Oh God, we need a fresh touch of your love today. Lord, I just pray that every believer in this house today, God, Lord, we receive a fresh touch from the love of God today. Lord, I pray that my brothers and sisters would go back to the cross. Oh, would go back from their first touch of Jesus. Oh, would go back to that altar when the conviction of the Holy Ghost come upon them and began to convict their hearts. Oh God, may you begin to touch us afresh today in your love. Oh God, may we know today, may we know today that you love us. And may we live out that you love us. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, that you're still demonstrating the power of the cross today. Oh, God, you're still saving. Lord, I thank you that there's no sinner too lost that can't be found. There's no darkness too great that you can't show up and truly embrace them. And so, Lord, if there's anybody today that needs to say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Jesus, save my soul. Jesus, redeem me. If there's anybody this morning that says, man, I need to get serious and give my life to Jesus. If there's anybody, I want you to come down right now.
take a step. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your love today. Oh, God, may your love permeate our hearts. May your love transform our hearts. Father, any ways that our hearts are hard today and we say we love you, but yet we don't truly show you we love you, soften my heart. Soften our hearts today that we would truly love you with all of our heart. And God, our love for you would not just be said, but God, may we show it. Lord, I pray that we today, as a church, would show it more than our Sunday morning attendance. But I pray that our life 24-7 would show that we love you. I pray that our co-workers would know that we love you. I pray that our children would know that we love you. I pray that we would be people today that don't just say we love Jesus. Oh God, but may our life show we love you. And as a result of loving you, God, I pray right now, Father, that we would love one another. God, I pray that you would just, I pray that the love of God would just begin to bring forgiveness even in this house right now. God, anybody we need to forgive this Christmas season, any family member that's done us wrong, may your love be showed to them and your forgiveness be displayed to them even though they don't deserve it because we don't deserve it. So may we love one another, Lord. Father, when we go out from this place, there's a world in need. Father, there is a world in need that does not know your love. But we thank you today, amen, church, that we know your love. We thank you today that we know Jesus loves us. And Lord, I just ask right now, God, that you would begin to provoke real life church to be on mission with you. I'm talking about deep love for you, Jesus. I'm talking about that they would begin to obey you because they love you. You said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Jesus said, if we love him, we will keep his commands. So I charge you with the responsibility today to love Jesus with all your heart. Only you can do it. Love Jesus with all your heart. But love your neighbor as yourself. Love the one broke down on the side of the road. Love the family member that you're going to eat Christmas with next week. Love the people that God has placed in your life as yourself. I care about my salvation. May we love them as ourselves and care about their salvation. Listen, I believe with all my heart that the church is going to grow. That real life is going to expand. That the kingdom is going to expand. How is the kingdom going to expand? Through you. Being people who truly go out in love. 
Greenwood the way Jesus loves Greenwood. And so as you pray every morning, if you don't pray every morning, start. Fall back in love with Jesus. Fall back in love with your first true love. And during that time of loving on Him and letting Him love on you, say, Jesus, what neighbor's in front of me today? What neighbor do you want me to say something to today? Maybe you, you can even say, you know what, Lord, I don't know what to say, but ask the Holy Ghost to empower you to say what it is in which they need to be said. Listen, I believe that Lord is raising up a people today to reap an end-time harvest. And I believe that God wants you to be a part of this end-time harvest that the Lord is going to reap. But it's up to you to choose whether you're going to be a part of it. You see, God's not going to beg you. All He wants you to do is say, here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord, use me. And God will take your life and use your life as an agency to save your family, as an agency to save your co-workers and bring hope to the people in your life that needs hope. So this Christmas season, may you give the true gift that your family needs, which is Jesus. May you make sure they're ready for when they take their last breath. Maybe you sit down at the table on Christmas Day and God gives you a prophetic word about your family member that you didn't even know. Maybe it's your boyfriend's girlfriend. That come out wrong. Maybe it's an extended family member you sit down next to. I hope it's not your boyfriend's girlfriend. That'd be a bad Christmas. We share Jesus with them anyways. A couple years ago, I sat down at the table, and as I sat down, there was this girl that was connected to our family, and as soon as I sat down, the Holy Spirit gave me a word of knowledge for her. And I was like, wait a minute. What's going on? I'm talking about this was a few years ago. I was just, this was years ago. I was trying to discover this Holy Spirit thing because, you see, He wants to truly lead us and manifest His presence in us to get His glory through us. And I sat down next to her and the Holy Spirit gave me a word of knowledge about her. And I waited till later and I began to share it with her. She just began to break down and cry. You see, God is in the business of manifesting His love to a world in need. So may you today be an avenue that God flows through to reach Greenwood and your family who need His love. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you.